0: Daily
1: Premier League news and views. This is Football Social Daily.
2: Hello, welcome to Football Social Daily. I'm Jim Salverson. This is your daily Premier League football hit, wrapping up the latest news and views from the English top flight and kicking off your week today with a great big dollop of football stuff. We're going to be taking in the FA Cup today as Liverpool find themselves in the semi-final of the tournament after a 1-0 win over plucky Nottingham Forest last night. We'll get onto that shortly. That leaves them still with a chance of an unprecedented quadruple. Whilst Manchester City, they're still in it for the treble. Which of these two teams were we finishing this season with the most silverware? That's a big question we're going to try and answer on today's podcast as well. Silverware, however, is out of the question, once again, for Tottenham Hotspurs. But the green shoots of recovery under Antonio Conte are there. His Spurs side had a comprehensive win over West Ham in last night's final Premier League match. So there'll be some views on their progression on today's podcast from Marley Anderson and Narma McCorn, who are on the show with me. How are we doing, gentlemen?
1: Good, thanks, boys. Good morning. Yes, not too bad. Except when
2: you say Tottenham Hotspurs. Hotspurs. Every time. Like, you we like Jesse Marsh. Hotspurs. Spot, yeah, Hotspurs. Isn't the Hotspurs? Isn't it something to do no. with... The newspaper industry. Isn't it like a type of press, printing press or something? Uh, I have no idea. Caught me cold (laughs) on that one. You (laughs) Google that one, someone's talking. A little bit of a history, please. Right, uh, as it's Monday as well, we're going to have a little bit of a moan. It's moan day. We're going to be doing Get In The Sea shortly and whinging about something from the weekend's Premier League action. But let's start with the FA Cup. The loss for Forrest, they beat Arsenal. Liverpool proved a step too far. It was 1-0 last night in a game that was far more exciting than the scoreline suggests. But I think we can all agree, Niall, that Forrest can be pretty proud of the fight they put up in that game and the progress they made in this competition.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think that... You know, with no disrespect to Liverpool fans, I think everyone apart from their supporters wanted Nottingham Forest to do it <laughs> last night. And that's not because people don't like Liverpool. It's because that we like seeing the underdog yeah. succeed in the FA Cup. Particularly
2: a team like Forest that has such a proud history.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And they'll never let you forget that they won two European Cups in the 1970s. But that's for, why I didn't want them to win last night. Well, Is that really? Yeah. Well, for anyone <laughs> our age, um, I've never seen Nottingham Forest in the Premier League. I think they've been... Down in the doldrums for what 20 odd years now, like probably nice, in the championship. 96, 97 mm. when they
1: went down. Remember, they used to have Pierre Van Hoidonk, really proper, random, like journeyman, decent striker. Though he was not bad, but yeah, well, they, I, they I would have poor. been
3: three then when they, when they got relegated <laughs> from the Premier League. So, no real perception of, of Forrest in the top division, but I certainly think that they are a club who feel they deserve to be in the Premier League, and I think they showed that. They are capable of, of making a real tilt for the playoffs mm. in the championship this season. They gave Liverpool a, a massive test. The atmosphere was excellent at the city ground, as you'd expect for an FA Cup quarterfinal. And the word pride is absolutely right. They are a proud club. They have a proud history and they should be proud of how far they've come in the FA Cup this season. I mean, it was a tale of what might have been for Forrest. They did have opportunities. They did have chances. They just weren't able to take them. And against a club as formidable is Liverpool, you need to be putting the chances away, otherwise you will end up on the wrong end of the result. And unfortunately for Forrest, that was what happened with Diogo Jota's winner late on in the second half. But fair play to them, because they gave a great account of themselves, and I think that they've won a lot of sort of neutral supporters in their race to try and get promoted from the Championship this season.
2: You say... Nottingham Forest won't let anyone forget the fact they won the European Cup. It was a fact that Jurgen Klopp seemed to forget in his pre-match press conference. I was going to mention that he said he'd only well, heard of Nottingham Forest because of Robin Hood in his childhood, whereas Jurgen Klopp grew up in an era where Nottingham Forest were dominant in Europe. Do you yeah. think that was a little bit disrespectful from him going into that game?
1: I yeah, I do yeah because he was. I don't know if he, he probably didn't mean it, but it was a, it was it came across as sort of belittling to um, yeah i to, think it's Nottingham forest and also he was 12 and 13 and I, I googled this he was in the youth team in a german side so he clearly loved football at 12 13 because he was playing for a youth team um and he so he was 12 and 13 when they won it back to back under under Brian Clough in 79 and 80 and even like people were replying on on twitter and stuff saying like oh well you know, we might not have had a TV or whatever uh, or access to watch the European Cup final, but one of the teams that Nottingham Forest beat in one of those years was Hamburg, mm. who was, just, you know, the, the German powerhouse at the time. Mm. So that that's that game would have been beamed throughout Germany. He would have watched that game. So I don't really understand his... His, where he was coming from with that because he probably didn't mean it but it did still come across as a bit Boris beat Hamburg belittling. in
3: one of their finals that they won the European Cup it's almost like I just said that isn't it you just said that welcome to the podcast Niall the no I said he was he
1: was playing in the youth team so he loved football and then they beat hamburg in the final
3: oh
2: so i thought you meant you're googling the it you the so. team oh <laughs> but, never mind but, but it's yeah, good it's good that we it. reiterated that for no one who was listening to the beginning of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> so, just for the recap now but you're right it's it's kind of a little bit ah oh, bless the little football club that's got this far in the fa yeah. cup it just didn't feel yeah. right given the context of the competition it was a bit strange but the debate yeah. in the office this morning i think Niall, has been well we've got two guys in the office there's james who's a nottingham forest fan and there's steve who's occasionally on the podcast who is a passionate Liverpool fan. They both had very different views on one particular incident from the game. And I guess it's the incident on which the game swung to a certain extent. It was the penalty appeal from Nottingham Forest after Alisson was, well, he wasn't illegally brought down, Ryan Yates. Uh, Went to VAR. Mm -hmm. No penalty was the decision. Do you think Forest will feel hard done by? Certainly James in the office
3: feels hard done by. Nah, it's not a pen. Not for me. I don't see how it can be. Allison makes a play for the ball mm. and Yates' trailing leg kicks Allison. Allison doesn't initiate the contact. He's already committed. And in fact, he doesn't make a movement towards the player running through on mm. goal. It's the other way. The attacker, Yates, drags his leg towards Allison's wrist or forearm and ends up making contact and he goes over. So for me, no penalty. I don't think that was the wrong decision at all. I think that VAR managed to get that one right. It's one of those, though, that I think opens up a wider debate, which is if it's not a penalty, is it a dive? And if it's because I keep thinking this, I've seen this a couple of times recently in the Premier League decisions where players have gone down in the box, referees waved it away and said no penalty. Is no, it yellow? No, there's a no. big grey area. Because if there is liking. content, it's
2: not necessarily a penalty, is it? As was the instance last night, it's who initiates that contact. So there was. There was contact, and it's excusable that the Forest player goes but down we, in that we scenario. We seem to have
3: fallen into this trap now in modern football that contact equals a foul or yeah. contact equals a penalty.
2: Well, we'll leave that there in terms of Liverpool versus Forest, as you say. Forest now focusing on promotion; Liverpool still in with a chance of the quadruple. And the reason we'll leave it there is because we're going to come back to Liverpool and their quadruple hopes very shortly. There was a Premier League game last night as well, which wasn't covered off on our Premier League review show that you can now find wherever you find your podcasts. If you want to look. Back at the weekend's action at all the games involving Premier League teams. The final game was Spurs versus West Ham. London derby and Spurs. I've got to say as a West Ham fan, I thought they were impressive. I thought West Ham were a bit lacklustre, but credit to Spurs. Sun was on form. Kane was on form. Defensively, Spurs looked really sound as well, which isn't something we've been able to say very often this season about them. Are things starting to work for Conte at Tottenham Marley? Yeah, it looks like it. Um,
1: they seem to have found a little bit of consistency from from somewhere. I know it's only the, they've only
2: like just strung together two consecutive wins for the first time in in quite a while. But it's amazing how the pendulum swings so quickly in football, isn't it? It's like yeah. one day you're in crisis, the next you've oh, got a, yeah. it's like recovery. It's we saw it at Arsenal under Arteta our, our for the last two years pretty much, and now it seems yeah. to be happening at Spurs. We've but they've last... seen
1: it at Man United for the last <laughs> yeah. decade, I think. <laughs> but pretty pretty there
2: are much. improvements there anyway. Yeah, they they seem to be clicking. Um, the The wing backs
1: seem to be working a bit better now. Um, remember a few weeks ago, I was saying that is it not time to ditch them because it's not really working. Mm. People are getting used to 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 how Spurs are playing, but they seem to have found something now where everyone's clicking a bit more. Harry Kane's um, found his his feet eventually. It's took him six months, but he's he's finally turning in the performances we know he can. Um, Doherty's made that right wing back role look like he was. Uh, he's playing like he was at Wolves that got him the move originally, um, so that's that's good for them. Uh, and defensively, they're all right as well. You know, they you ne- you're never sort of um, shocked that when they concede because it does they do tend to be soft. But for the rest of the game, they looked they looked all right. And when you've got Kane and Son and Kulusevski uh, up front, and you know Moore, Lucas Mora coming off the bench, and people who can score goals, there's you know there's always a chance that they're going to score you one and or, or two. And if you concede one. You know, Spurs have got the the firepower to to sort of outscore anyone really, um, and I think that's that's that was the difference really between Spurs and West Ham yesterday. West Ham did look a bit leggy and they didn't have the quality mm. to to win when they were playing not as well as they can. So it was uh, it was a good win though for Spurs because it'll it'll sort of re-energize them in that fight for fourth. Like fourth still is there. I was I said that I said this last week they. If they win all their games, they've still got to play Arsenal um, and depend on what, how Arsenal get on in the next few weeks. They they look good, yeah, but it's not over yet, this this race for fourth place.
2: What do you think's changed, Niall, in the last month when Conte said he wasn't the right man to manage Spurs and now he's put a couple of wins together and they look like a different team? Is it the fact that he's called his players out? And we saw Lampard do this at the weekend, actually. He kind of questioned the personality of his players he'll be hoping for a similar reaction is that's what's changed has Conte just
3: kicked some ass in that Tottenham dressing room basically maybe but you know one minute he's quitting and the next minute <laughs> it's you know they're going to win the league next year it's, it's, <laughs> it's just Tottenham like I said last week you asked me on Friday's podcast whether Tottenham you know we have been sucked into believing that they were a crisis club by Antonio Conte and I said no because that's just Tottenham that's just what they are mm. you know they're a club that have massive inconsistency in terms of performance you know, they get to the big occasion and, and they let themselves down. And I think we've seen that on a couple of occasions. So I think that yesterday Spurs showed that they are capable. I don't think that beating West Ham is... Obviously, it's a huge game because it's a London derby. But I think West Ham, in all fairness, are the weakest of the sides that are going for the top four. And I just mm-hmm. I don't think that's a disrespectful thing. I just think that's a, a fact at the moment. They look they look gassed, West Ham. Completely. I mean, it's an obvious thing to say, but they look like they had a game on Thursday night in the Europa League. Yeah. And... um the decision not to strengthen in January is slowly but surely coming back to haunt the Hammers Mm -hmm. in their fight for the top four. I think that David Moyes, he picks the same team, the same squad. He's very faithful to the players that have done such a good job for him in the last 18 months, really. And I think that now we're just beginning to see those signs of tiredness and they do have quite a small squad and in terms of quality it's quite obvious that Tottenham do Mm. have the the better players he did mix it up slightly yesterday and I think the
2: tactical change so he went to five at the back which Dave Moyes hasn't done since the beginning of the season and he went to five at the back brought in Masuaku who's not played a great deal and I think that was to give Cresswell a bit of a rest moving him into a back three so there's less running Mm. Johnson on one side Masuaku on the other Johnson's got Bounds of energy because he's eighteen. Yeah. Masuaku's not played a great so I think they I think that the tactical have... decisions kind of were influenced by the lack of energy that the squad has at the moment.
3: Am I right in thinking he abandoned that though in the second half and then Tottenham went and scored a third goal? He went back I to a know. back four, I think, and I he made a couple it. of substitutions and then he went back to a back four, which is a more familiar situation. Yeah. With Tottenham, they're a, they're a good team with good players and they've got a top class manager and we've seen them have top class managers in the past. And we've seen the ownership not invest in the squad well enough uh, to be able to facilitate those managers wishes. We know that Antonio Conte isn't someone who's going to hang around. How much of a problem that will be for Spurs if he isn't backed in the summer, we'll, we'll wait and see. But they could still finish fourth. Let's not forget Arsenal still have to play Tottenham in a North London derby. It's just about timing for me. I think Tottenham are timing their form really well. And unfortunately for West Ham, their drop-off has coincided with that at a really poor time. So it'll be fascinating to see what happens off the back of the international break, how the Premier Mm. League will end up. I think West Ham might be, well, they're definitely out of the top four for me. I think they're probably out of the
2: top six as well, unfortunately, which is a bit depressing to say. But as you say, it's a victim of, they're a victim of not strengthening in January when they had the opportunity to do so. Here's an interesting stat for you. Harry Kane has now assisted Sun 20 times in the Premier League, only two players have provided more assists for their partners in Premier League history. Do you know who those players are?
3: Well, the, yeah. Who those duos and, Lampard are, Lampard and Drogba was always quite... Very
2: up. good. 24 times Frank Lampard fed Drogba for a goal. And was Who's it, the other one? Amioubi and Shearer. It was not. Was it Sutton and Shearer? It was not was it sharing closer to home where we are here Oh, in this David city.
3: Silva and Sergio Aguero very
2: good 21 yeah. assists for David Silva and Sergio Aguero very good Niall two points to you
3: cheers right we're going to have a little bit of a whinge
2: next Get in the Sea is up next on Football Social Daily
1: Football Social
0: Daily subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode
2: Welcome back to Football Social Daily, it's Monday, everyone loves a bit of a moan on a Monday and we do that every single week with Get In The Sea, our excuse to have a bit of a whinge and chuck something in the sea that we didn't like from the weekend's Premier League action. Marley always needs a little bit of extra time to think about this. And <laughs> this week is no different because <laughs> so I've
1: had something and I've forgot it now okay. I've, got to, I've
2: got to find it We'll again. give
3: Marley a bit of thinking time. Niall, what are you putting in the sea? Son Hyung min play acting when the ball was kicked at him in the back of his leg and he went down and I just don't get this. If you can't cope with having a football kicked at you, you shouldn't be a footballer. I I think that's probably a fundamental thing. I really like Son. I think he's a brilliant football player. I love his energy. I think he comes across really well in interviews. He seems like a a very nice guy as well. I think he's an excellent role Mm. model for uh, South Koreans and probably the most successful player from his country that we've ever seen in the Premier League in terms of the pure numbers, goals and assists and whatnot. So I actually really like him as a player. I think he would fit into any of the top six Premier League clubs. I don't think he would look out of place at another global heavyweight club like Barcelona or even Real Madrid. I think he is that good. But for all of the things that we say about him in a positive light and how great a guy he is, what is he doing when the ball's kicked at him like that? Okay, yeah, it's a little bit petulant from the West Ham player, but... Why is he going down to the ground? That
2: in the ankle as well. Yeah. So if you've not seen <laughs> this, we can describe it. You can find it on the Twitter account at the Sports Social. You can see the video there. So Kurt Zuma rolls the ball. He doesn't even kick it. He rolls the ball towards Son, who looks over his shoulder, sees the ball coming. It hits him on the ankle when he goes down as if he's been shot.
3: Yeah, it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. And do you know what? Do you it, what? Wound me
2: up more. Regular, <laughs>
3: regular yeah, pilot it. in <laughs> as oh, if
1: he was gonna God. like, like. Do anything like Zoom is six foot five,
2: and regulon's five foot ten. What's going through and a player built like a twig head well, at that point uh, when when they because they know there are cameras on them. They yeah. know they've not been injured by a football being rolled into their ankle. What is going through their heads when I they fall over? I guess
3: it's just the scenario? competitive element, isn't it? Trying to get an edge over the opponent. And like I say, I really like Son, but I've lost a bit of respect for him. And he does that a lot, by the way. That's not to say that he's a cheat. I'm not getting at that at all. But that was just pathetic yesterday. I don't think he needs to do it. He can do his talking on the pitch. And he did do. He won the game. He scored the third goal and sealed the points for Tottenham. So I don't understand why he needed to do that and he needed to go down like that. It makes no sense. I mean, the one that really stands out for me in my mind, because I was a young boy watching this, was the 2002 World Cup, where in a game between (laughs) Turkey and Brazil, Rivaldo had the ball kicked at him and it struck him in the upper thigh, I think I'm right in thinking, and he went down holding his face like he had just been hit in the face by the ball and then the referee gives the guy a red card. Yeah, okay, (laughs) it was lashed at him and maybe that is more grounds for a a booking or a a red card, but the fact he held his face and almost tried to, to cheat the referee into making a decision... Yes, again, it comes back to the, oh, it's the professional element, the competitive edge, trying to get one up on your opponent. But Son's too good and Rivaldo was too good to need to do that. Yeah. So to resort to those sorts of tactics, it's not for me. I mean, for instance, Luis Suarez gets hammered for doing that sort of thing. And I know Son hasn't bitten anyone, but I mean, <laughs> Suarez is up to those sorts of tricks a lot and has a horrible reputation amongst some Premier League fans for doing that. I just didn't enjoy it at all. No, don't like that part of the I'll game. At, least, at cool. least the one that hit Rivaldo was absolutely smashed at him. Yeah. Like, it, it had
1: that, so, I mean, it was all rubbish, but at least it was absolutely walloped at him, you know, from
2: 15 yards away or whatever, but yeah, Zuma just... It barely trickles towards him, man. Jesus. Thankfully handled the right way by the match officials, though. There weren't any cards dished out because of that, because that would have been absolutely ridiculous. My get in the sea is going to be a regular in terms of who I put in the sea, and it's Jurgen Klopp again, who's been whinging about fixtures <laughs> You're again. You're running out of
3: sea to put him in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, he just
2: needs to stop doing it. Every single week, he seems to be having a moan about the number of games that Liverpool have to play. And 30% I... of the world is covered by land, the rest is covered by <laughs> Jurgen Klopp in the sea for, from Jim's feature every Monday. (laughs) But he's just having a whinge about how his very sizeable and very well-funded squad, how many games they've got to play again. And I worked it out. It's just over every three days now. Mm -hmm. Liverpool have to play a game potentially between now and the end of the season, which I get is a lot of games. And I get it's a lot of competitions. But do you know what? What's his expectation? Because if you want to play in all the competitions and if you want to go deep in all the competitions you have to play all the games that those competitions require yeah. so suck it up you won't be complaining if they win the quadruple this year will he? exactly and winning the quadruple is bloody hard and the it reason is. it's bloody hard is because there are a lot of games to yeah, play you can't win all the competitions if you don't play all the games as you say yeah it's, it's a test for the players and it's a test for the managers and that's part of the deal if you want to play these games you want to play in these competitions you have to play the games and you should do it without whinging on it the season ends on the 28th of May End of. That's when the season ends. So yep. those games have to be played between now and the 28th of May. But beyond putting an extra month in and calling it Clopuary, yeah. where all these Liverpool fixtures what? happen. Who says that?
1: <laughs> Please tell me you just made up Clopuary. Yeah, clopuary. Oh, it's
2: between April and May. <laughs> it's when, it's when <laughs> Liverpool can play all their extra fixtures. Beyond doing that, there is absolutely no way that Liverpool can not have the scenario they're in. So suck it up, get on with it, shut up Jürgen Klopp.
3: Matt Pidd made a really good point on Twitter and Matt often features on a yeah. podcast on a Wednesday. He's a Manchester City fan and he said last season City played pretty much all but two games that they could have played. They were beaten in the semi-final so they didn't play the FA Cup final and I can't remember the other game that they didn't play but but basically they were in FA Cup, would it all competitions. Would it yeah, Didn't win the FA Cup, did they? That's what I just said. Were you listening to the podcast or were you <laughs> What's wrong with you two today? you ears. <laughs> 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 pair of God. parrots today. Get, get on with it and make your point. <laughs> I've made
2: my point. <laughs> oh, is that it? Yeah. Man City played a lot of games last season. Basically, yes, they
3: did. Man City played a lot of games. And yeah, Pep moans about it, but Klopp moans about it more But so. you
2: know what? City and Liverpool, they've both got massive squads. They've both got players that can come in and play these games. You look at the game against Forest for Liverpool last There's night. Seven changes. Channel. You can get on with it. Get on with it and shut up. Marley, what's getting in the sea for you? Uh, Apart from Niall not listening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Niall for not listening. Um, yeah, probably probably the Villa fans. Um, Aston Villa fans who have been um, giving it to Arsenal for, for celebrating beating them. Mm. Like you, That's part of football. You win games, you celebrate when you win games. You don't go, oh, they're blowers, so... You know we should beat them and we're just gonna walk off and our fans aren't gonna cheer and stuff. Like you know, football is yeah. literally about winning games. So um, to see this like backlash, it seems to be against Arsenal as well. Wolves Wolves had a problem with it as well. Midlands clubs when they get beat by Arsenal do not take it well, do they? <laughs> it's um, you know oh they're celebrating. Like they've won Was it Champions over the top? League. I didn't see. No, it. I didn't no. see the celebrations. Literally just a normal celebration. A decent one nil away win. You know, when you're fighting for fourth and you you stay in fourth and it, you know everything stays in your hands when you're winning away from home against a good a good team in Villa, um, who have signed you know Coutinho and been on a decent run of late, yeah. um, and they've got dangerous players that can hurt you. And to 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 snuff them out and contain Coutinho, keep Ings and Watkins off the score sheet, um, and score past one of the best goalies in the league, I would say, and who who Arsenal ironically sold to them. Um, and to get away with a 1-0 win is is worthy of a celebration and then you know Villa fans and you know there's people on on talk shows and stuff like that who uh, who, who like to stir the fire and, and what have you and say oh you know they're, they're celebrating like they won the Champions League well you know they might be in the Champions League that's why they're celebrating whereas you're going to be mid-table after spending another hundreds of millions of pounds doing nothing changing manager mm-hmm. halfway through the season so cause, you're going to criticise people for celebrating it just doesn't make sense, Make any sense to me.
3: Gerard can get in the sea as well while we're at it. <laughs> okay. Because apparently he told Bukayo Saka, or he said in oh, a post-match yeah. <laughs> interview that Bukayo Saka needs to toughen up. I'm sorry, but Steven Gerrard is the first person who, if someone started talking about one of his players, he'd be going, it's disrespectful. Mm. Why is Gerrard commenting on Saka? Well, today's podcast is not going to
2: go down well with Liverpool fans. We've had a go at Jurgen Klopp. We've had a go at Stephen Gerrard. Maybe we can turn that around next because we're going to look at the quadruple slash treble that is still on offer for Liverpool and Manchester City. Try and decide who's going to win what. We'll do it next on Football Social Daily.
1: Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an
0: episode. Play for free at luckylandslots.com Daily bonuses are waiting No purchase necessary Void were prohibited by law 18 plus Terms and conditions apply See website for details
1: Football's Social Daily Find more great sport at
2: sport-social.co.uk Welcome Bick. we can big, 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 well, big. <laughs> a a South African accent there. Welcome back to today's podcast. Uh we're going to talk about who wins what now in Football Social Daily. Man City going for the treble. Liverpool going for the double. There's a lot of football to be played between now and the end of the season still, but both on for potential big trophy hauls come the end of the season. Now, we don't expect that one team's going to walk away with all of it. I don't think. Liverpool are going to win the quadruple for exactly the reasons that Jurgen Klopp highlights there's a lot of games but they are both in with a chance of doing really well in terms of trophy halls this season I guess let's talk about the FA Cup first because both teams are going to meet each other in the next round in the semi-final I mean it, it, it's a bit blunt to say who do you think is going to win that Nile. but who do you think is going to win that
3: <laughs> Uh, I don't know Manchester City have a very good record at Wembley. They've been there loads. The fans jokingly like to call it Etihad South because they've been there <laughs> so many times. Whereas Liverpool haven't been there as often as they should have been. So maybe that might have a factor, I don't know, with Manchester City being slightly more used to the the way these days works. Mm. You know, semi-finals at Wembley, turning up uh, on the bus, the changing rooms, all those small sorts of minute details that sometimes can make a difference in an elite sport. So I wonder whether that might play a part. I think The actual interesting bit will be whoever wins the other semi-final between Crystal Palace and Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Because if you're talking about who's going to win the FA Cup, um, it depends if Palace beat Chelsea. And I think in terms of a draw, I know Crystal Palace have taken four points off of City in the Premier League this season, but of the three teams that they could have faced, Chelsea are probably the weakest. And that's not to say they're a poor team, because they're not. (laughs) They absolutely aren't. They're a top quality team. They're the European champions for a reason. Um, But I think with the way things have gone this season, Crystal Palace would rather have faced Chelsea than Liverpool or Manchester City. So I think it it depends. I think if if Crystal Palace get through against Chelsea and they're in an FA Cup final, I think whoever wins out of Liverpool and Man City, you can basically give them the FA Cup. And that's not to write off Crystal Palace. I just think that for them to beat one of those two teams at Wembley, um, and I know they've taken four points off of City, as I said, I just don't think it will happen again in an FA Cup context in a one-off game. Anything can happen, we know that, but it's it's a really hard call to be honest with you. It's a really hard call. And I think that with the way the Champions League semi finals are queued up as well, we could see an FA Cup semi-final, we could see a Champions League semi-final either side midweek mm. of those games. So we could have three huge games in a row for both Liverpool and Manchester City, the way things are. So I actually think it's too early to tell. I know you wanted a prediction out of me, but I actually think it's too early to tell. I think the Premier League though City I think City oh, really? will be okay in the Premier League. Yeah, I think okay. City will be okay in the Premier League. I think they will. Obviously that game where the two teams play each other, I think that's absolutely critical. Yeah. yeah. That game in April is massive. We know that. But, um I'm gonna back Manchester City. I think they've got the experience of leading the Premier League um over the last few years as well. So I think I think they'll win the Premier League. But the Champions League and the FA Cup I mean that's kind no of the point. Idea. There's a fag no packet. Idea. There's
2: a fag paper, sorry, between Liverpool and City at the moment and I guess Marley that's why they'll be so pleased that they avoided each other in the Champions League draw because that would have been three games against each other in a row had they done that and that's a big yeah. opposition to go up against that takes a lot out of the team as well as it being an unpredictable game.
1: Yeah I I wanted the draw to be fixed so they'd be on the opposite side and we could meet in, in every final <laughs> like I wanted to see FA Cup final, Champions League final and the, the late game in the Premier League I just wanted to see it all just, I'd love to watch City-Liverpool four times for all the marbles, absolutely everything. Could they just um, play
2: one game and just go, let's do it in one, yeah, <laughs> just decided that That would solve Klopp's problem with fixture congestion. No, <laughs> unify the titles.
1: No, Guardiola needs two goals to get every big game right, do not he? Otherwise, <laughs> he'll probably play Fernandinho and Rodri and 10th mid for the first time ever and Joe Cancelo up front or something. Um, but yeah, just looking at April's like huge, is it? You've got 10th of April is when they play. Um, then you've got them, on again, on the 16th or 17th, whichever it is. Um, and then Liverpool have got Benfica and Man United either side of that as well. So yeah. you've got huge games. And I think we always get to this point of the season and, and there's always one team that's in at least three competitions or sometimes four. In the last case, last two years, it's been Man City, been in all four, really. And we always go, well, what about the quadruple? And then in two or three weeks' time, they drop out of one and go, oh, it's only, it's only a double or it's only the premier league they can win or something so i don't think um liverpool will win everything i think they'll win something um but not everything um, so i think uh i think man city are more well placed to win um win the can they win the treble they can win the treble yeah. can not the fa cup champions league and, and premier league and um but I, th- I think they'll be split to be honest i think one one of them will win the premier league and the other one will win the champions league um but if it comes down to City versus Liverpool, City have got the better chance, uh, the better record in, in those games. And uh, Tell you what, yeah, though. But as a, as, a, as a neutral, that's all you want to see because the games between City and Liverpool are f- just so fantastic games, like just proper football. Um, and with a bit of needle as well when there's something on the line, that's what you want to see.
3: If you were a Manchester United fan like Joel, you'd be having right now what Fergie called squeaky bum time because if Manchester City win the league the FA Cup and the Champions League that is a treble but United fans like to call it the treble mm, you know the, yeah, the authentic the proper treble, treble Yeah, you know <laughs> domestic cup domestic league and European Cup yeah. and obviously United did that in 1999 and they're the only club in English football mm. to have ever done that and they're very proud of that fact so for one of their rivals, Manchester City, to potentially do that, that will sting mm. the Old Trafford faithful. It would hurt more if Liverpool win the quadruple, though, wouldn't it? It would hurt more <laughs> if Liverpool did it. So that's the thing. It would hurt more if Liverpool did it because even if City don't win the Premier League and, and Liverpool love do, won twenty titles as well. That's exactly it? my point. <laughs> Liverpool would match Manchester United twenty titles if they win the Premier League. So I mean. If you're a United fan now, you'll be watching this through your fingers thinking, oh my word.
2: Put yourself in Pep Guardiola's shoes for a second, Niall. We know that Manchester City have had this. As much as they deny it, we know they've had this requirement, expectation to win the Champions League. If you said to Pep Guardiola now, you can have the Champions League, you can win that, but Liverpool get the Premier League title, would he take that?
3: Do you know what? I think he would. I think he would take it. Mm. I don't think he'd publicly come out and say that, obviously, but I think he would because he won the Premier League. He's got nothing to prove to Premier League fans. Nothing. I mean, Man City have been pretty much the best team for the last six years in English football and they've got a number of Premier League titles to show for that. Liverpool have given them a hell of a run. I mean, for Liverpool to get 97 points two seasons ago and not win the title or three seasons ago, whatever it was, is just insanity. Mm. Um and Liverpool have been really going at it, hammer and tong with them. But I think behind closed doors, if you offered Pep Guardiola the opportunity to win the Champions League, but yet Liverpool win the Premier League, I think that there will be a a few question marks over what would be considered a Manchester City capitulation because they were so far ahead. Yeah, because if,
1: if that happened, City fans can go, we've won a Champions League, you've won a Champions League, but we've won four titles. In that same space, and you've won one, so there's a
2: genuine it be like, two well, by that point, wouldn't it? Because if if Liverpool won this one as well, that would be two. So titles, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I get but, your point. Yeah,
1: City would be like, well, it, you know, if we want to play aggregate scores of trophies, <laughs> we're we, we we're, we're beating do you. Do especially. you agree then?
2: Do you think if because I, I think City fans would deny that they wanted a Champions League title over a Premier League title. But I think in terms of a football club, they want a Champions League title. If they want to be
3: in the pantheon of top elite clubs, they have to win the Champions League. They know that. The City fans know that. The City fans don't like UEFA. Mm -hmm. And we can understand the reasons as to why that might be. But they would absolutely love it in East Manchester if they won the Champions League. And they got close, but they were beaten by Chelsea last season. And Chelsea are considered, or were considered, whether that continues into the future with their problems now I don't know but because they've won two Champions Leagues they're considered a, a great club in English football City are domestically an unbelievable super club they never won the European Cup and they need to, they need to, they need to win that mm. if they want to be considered a, a true elite club in my opinion Would you
2: be surprised if it wasn't one of those two that won that Champions League nah. when you look at the teams left in it? Not
3: really I would <laughs> Would you? Yeah, yeah
2: I think the street's head of everyone Real oh. Madrid
1: don't touch him Bayern Munich, don't touch them. I think Chelsea got lucky last year with, with but that's just my... striking when the iron was hot and, and taking...
3: I guess that's my point as to why I can see another team winning it is exactly what Miley says about Chelsea because the Champions League, you can mm. you can sort of sweat your way through a couple of legs mm. and get yourself yeah. to a final. And then once you're in a final, it's a one-off game. And you know if you keep it tight and extra time and it goes to penalties, all you need is someone to feel the pressure and bottle it a bit. Um I mean Bayern Munich are a good team Real Madrid are a good team um, I, I agree with Marley. I think Liverpool Manchester City are the two best teams in the Champions League it's a shame I... they're going to meet in. The... is it the same way they're going to meet if, if
1: they both win the
2: games or... mm. never mind nine weeks to go until the end of the season when everything is decided and there's a lot to be decided between now and then you can keep abreast of it all on Football Social Daily but that is it for today's podcast thanks for listening you can find the latest news on your team at sport-social.co.uk and we'll see you tomorrow for another one
1: football social daily subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode
0: okay round 2 name something that's not boring a laundry Ooh, a book club computer solitaire huh ah sorry we were looking for chumba casino